fairly recent black cap joining us now. Ronnie Hera joins us. G'day, Ronnie. Very good, mate. Uh, so many discussion points after just day one, Ronnie. Um, there was a lot of speculation. Did we have the selections right? There's the Trent Bolt discussion, Tickner and Cougar line, were they the right fit? You you must be copping it from all angles because you've played at this level from, from just your work colleagues, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, there's a, bit, there's a bit going on, and obviously it's relatively overwhelming the last couple of weeks with the weather events as well, so thoughts go out to everybody who's been affected. Uh, by by the ongoings of the last couple of weeks, but yeah, in terms of the cricket stuff, it's, there's a lot of things that you can you know poke a hole at with New Zealand cricket at the moment. Um, Grant Elliott just rang us actually just in our talkback hour, and his solution to this Trent Bolt situation because I think everyone's in agreement he's our best Test bowler. He's living in the city that they're playing, and he's not playing, and it just seems a little bit nonsensical. But it's all around this contracting. I think there's a little bit of pride. You didn't want the contract, so we're not going to play. You and he, his solution, which I found interesting, was maybe give Trent a retainer type contract so he's still loosely contracted and haven't agreed when he appears. Is that too radical to think that something like that could work? Yeah, that was nice of Grant to come on just before I was coming on. It's hard to hard act to follow when <laughs> your nickname is nickname Superman. I'm just uh, another plebe um, played a little bit of cricket, so um. I guess, yeah, for, uh, I mean, you've got to look at other ways. If that's one of the ways that's on the table, then, then you have to look at it. I heard, I remember you were talking to Ian Jones a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying, you yeah, know, no idea is a bad idea. You have to look at things on the table, and that was obviously in the rugby context, but with the cricket context, you just have to have to find a solution. If, if we want to try and have our best players in New Zealand playing, then we have to have to find some accommodations for them. Um, and if that's giving like a part-time retainer or allowing them to go and play a certain amount of events a year or whatever the case may be, it has to be accommodated. Um, I've been on this, uh, you know, on SEN did before, and the, the four the four instances of guys tossing in their contracts this year are all four different situations. Like, in my opinion, Gupdor got managed out of the team by not being selected, and then he thought I'd go and play. Um, so franchise cricket, you had Jimmy Neesham, who wasn't offered a contract originally, and then of, took up some options of playing some uh, franchise cricket, and then New Zealand cricket came back to him, and it was too late. It already committed. You got the Bolt situation, where he's obviously played a lot of cricket, and then decided that actually, I actually, don't, I want to step away now. And then you've got Degrandome, who put his name in for a franchise game, <laughs> and then got selected. So they're all four really different situations, but ultimately the the outcome's the same. We don't have four guys playing that have played hundreds of games for New Zealand and you just can't go around finding that experience and I guess the proof's in the pudding you've got Doug Bracewell potentially sort of should have been selected for this game and I think he probably may, he may have been if he, if he was fit I mean I'm hearing that he's injured that's the reason that he's not being picked um, but then you've got Tickner and, and Kugelheim who've played a, a number of first class games but they haven't played a number of international games so you can see that we're not we're not we're not replacing guys that are well experienced with guys who have had some experience so is it as simple, Ronnie, as saying our contracting model is flawed? 100%. Um, so, you know, I mean, I've been in that situation before when I made my debut for the Black Caps. I didn't even have a domestic contract that year. So <laughs> I was overlooked by my own province to be a, a, a domestic contract player, yet I was good enough to play for New Zealand. So, you know, the contracting system itself 
ranks the people like Grant said. If you if you play four day cricket or test cricket in New Zealand, you get double the weighting of a white ball player, for example. And my my specialists or my skills were white ball, so I'd obviously then dip down the list. So I never ever had a New Zealand contract, and I was very well down on the list in in terms of domestic contracts, just purely because I only played white ball cricket. Now, for Trent's example, when someone said, oh, well, we probably can't afford to have him play one game or two games, essentially he would just get a match fee. He wouldn't have any, any, um, any power to negotiate how much he wanted to get paid. He couldn't go and talk to New Zealand cricket and say, I want 10 grand for a game, I want 15 grand for a game. He would essentially just get the match fee, but he would get 30% on top of that because he's not contracted. So that's essentially how that works. So that, that problem in terms of cost is, is obviously alleviated in terms of having a negotiation. You can't negotiate. It's a fixed price. And it's the same with a contract. So you get ranked number one, you get the most money, and that's your price. You don't actually go to New Zealand Cricket and say, hey, I'm actually worth X amount. You don't do that. I, I, I don't know how the rugby contracts work, but that's how New Zealand Cricket contracts work. Fascinating. And I'm also led to believe that New Zealand Cricket get a kickback from IPL contracts of up to 20% of, so let's say, for example, Trent Bolt gets 500 grand to play IPL. 100 of it goes back to New Zealand Cricket to let him play it. Yeah, that's, that's something I don't have any knowledge over. I've never been involved in that um, and had any of my... I mean, I've never been in the IPL or any of those franchise leagues. But, yeah, you do have to get a, a one of those uh, non-compete or NOC certificates to be able to go and play. So New Zealand cricket essentially do have to sign you off to go and play in those tournaments. And I guess that does come with a cost uh, in terms of releasing guys. If there are other tournaments or other series on at that time, then, then there would be some sort of kickback, I'd imagine. Um, how that gets facilitated, who manages the money, where it goes... I guess that's all all part of uh, New Zealand cricket's dealings in terms of where they distribute the money. But um, yeah, you'd have to talk to someone like yeah Mitchell McKillian or even Grant or someone who's obviously been in that in that in that sphere of having an IPL contract and where the money actually goes. Spin bowling, I wanted to ask you about. We've gone into this test match with just Michael Bracewell, who I don't know how I would describe him as a spin bowler, maybe efficient. Um, I, I, I don't think he's going to take five wicket bags, even on a last day, perhaps turning pitch. I don't know. But AJ Patel, you've probably been asked ad nauseum about what does this guy have to do. We had a text to the show just earlier saying if AJ Patel was uh, in any other country, he would have played 20 tests by, by now. Um, it looked like Ish Sodi was starting to get a few cracks at test cricket, but nowhere to be seen for this one. Are we, are we dealing with our spinners the right way? Are they getting enough of a crack? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last time, like, AJS took 10 wickets and then the next test didn't play. So when you when, <laughs> when are you ever going to get a chance to play after you've taken 10 wickets in an innings? If you're not going to be playing in the next test, then you're never going to get a prolonged opportunity. So I guess that's sort of the case in point. Um, I think a lot of it has to come down to maybe the management style of um, the people who are running the Black Caps at the moment, you know, a conjunction between Gavin Larson, Gary Stead, and then Kane and, and Tim Salvey, and potentially how conservative they have their approach and, and how they want to play their cricket. They'd probably rather have someone like Michael Bracewell who can do a job with the ball but probably then offers something with the bat, whereas obviously if you have Ajaz, you're probably going to be batting at 11, which is where he's batted before. Ish has obviously improved his batting and his bowling looks like it's improved as well, so he may be an option. But we're just talking about guys who are options rather than guys who are actually getting a chance. Now, I looked at the series before England came and I actually thought New Zealand wouldn't play a spinner. I didn't think um, I didn't think England may not play the spinner just because of the conditions here and how much life there is in the wickets um, throughout all five days um, and potentially just have a part-time spin bowling option, which would be someone like Michael Bracewell. 
Um, so that's that's what I was thinking. But if you're going to have a full time, fully fledged uh, spin bowler, you know you are looking at guys like Ish, Ajaz Patel. They tried Ratchan Ravindra two seasons ago. He hasn't been he hasn't been seen since. Um, he had Mark Craig for a while, who was a right arm off spinner who played for a few tests in New Zealand. So they've tried a number of guys, but they haven't given them a prolonged opportunity to see if they're actually going to be able to you know do it at this level. Yeah, I'm no spin bowling expert, but I was delighted. And I found it interesting when uh, Tim Southey took the reins off Kane Williamson. Ish Sodi was straight into the test team. And I'd been scratching my head why he was just wasn't involved in test cricket while Kane was captain. And then Tim Southey comes in and he's straight into the team. And I thought, am I seeing an influence there of the change of captaincy? And Ish went OK with the Red Bull. Yeah, he did, and 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 I think, like I said, I think he's obviously put a lot of work into his bowling to try and get another opportunity. Um, the difficulty is a lot of these guys, because they are so in demand around the world for franchise cricket, and then the ones that do get obviously um, the allowance to go and play it outside of New Zealand tours, so each will play in the in the in the Blast in England, or he might play in a couple of other tournaments, the Hundred or something like that. They're they're really well in demand. So, and, and especially in our summer, when do they get a chance to play four day cricket? They don't go and play county cricket. They don't play four day cricket. So, even when you're called in, you are coming off the back of just playing white ball cricket. Um, Ajaz Patel, if he had played this Test match, the last Test he would have played was in Pakistan. He would have just been playing white ball cricket in New Zealand at this time of year. So, you know, what are the what are guys doing in preparation to actually get an opportunity? And when they do get opportunity, are they prepared? Yeah, it's a really good point. I actually made a point. I floated an idea, I think, last week that I felt like T20 cricket um, is great for franchises. I'm talking Big Bash, Super Smash, IPL, your Dubai League, your Caribbean, all that sort of thing. But having T20 internationals as well as part of a tour, I think there's just too much T20. Sure, have a T20 World Cup and you can pick players that have been playing in all this franchise stuff, but make international cricket just tests in just one day is because there is so much cricket now, Ronnie, and that's part of the reason I feel we don't see our best players all the time because they need rest. Our fast bowlers need rest. Our, our batters get fatigue. Um, Kane Williamson steps down and has to have a break. We saw Trent, while he was contracted, he stepped down because it's there's just too much cricket. How, how do you feel about my weird idea that T20s shouldn't be international except for a World Cup and leave that to franchise cricket? And I just think reducing cricket a little bit more would allow our better players to play more often. It's not, a, it's not a weird idea. There's, there's obviously some merit in it. It's just that I think if you think about the money that comes in, it obviously generates a, a good ticket price if you're thinking about people coming to the games. Mm. Um, you know, we're very rarely going to sell out a one-day international or a test match, but, you know, you can get a few thousand or 10,000 or 15,000 people to Eden Park on a, on a game at 2020 night when they're playing England or they're playing India or something like that. So in terms of international cricket and New Zealand generating revenue, you know, T20 is obviously going to help them do that um, and help pay the bills and help pay these players, I guess. Um, and also those reciprocal tours, right? So when you go to India and people are watching us on TV, there's also sponsorship money and things will happen on the jersey and things like that. So there's all those things to consider in, in, in doing something like that. Mm. Uh, franchise cricket is great because obviously New Zealand cricket aren't fronting the bill. People are individual uh, private backers or owners of the teams will be paying for these types of things. And um, like Grant said, you give that opportunity to people to go and experience getting better on someone else's dime. You know, you get the best coaching, you get the best strength and conditioning, you get the best environment to try and develop your game. But 
cutting one portion or one format out for New Zealand cricket would essentially mean they're getting a third less of the revenue, actually probably more than that if you think about it, if that's the, the, the main revenue generator. Uh, the Super Smash generates no, no revenue, um, but that's the only televised product in New Zealand. Um, in terms of getting out to market. You know, there's nothing in terms of one-day cricket that gets put out there. There's no, nothing in terms of four-day cricket that gets put out there for local players. Only if you're playing for, for the Black Cats would you see a one-day international or a test match on TV. So when you think about televised TV and sponsorship and all that type of stuff, 2020 is the only thing where people can actually see it on TV, I guess, especially from domestic level and then also probably bringing the dollars in from international level. What's our way forward in New Zealand with our domestic game? Um, we've had a number of texts and calls to the show over the summer saying there's just it's just not accessible. Uh, you know, it's the middle of summer. Admittedly, we've had a horrific weather event, but apart from Super Smash, just stuff isn't televised. Um, what needs to be done at the domestic level to prepare these players, like Blair Tickner, like Kugeline, um, Shipley, the, these sorts of guys? What needs to happen domestically? I think ultimately you have to ask yourself, if, if, if you look at a career like Scott Kugelard, and he's played a lot of domestic cricket, if you had a look at his career, he would have played a lot of, um, a lot of games across all three formats. So you would have thought that you know, if he was going to get an opportunity for the Black Cats, which he has done this week, that he may be better prepared than others. But it just shows you that that distance between playing a Test match or a one-day international or a 2020 and going up against guys like Joe Root, going up against guys like Ben Duckett, going up against like Ben Stoke... Um, it's, it's a big gap you've got to try and uh, try and bridge. And um, with our current domestic structure, we play so little cricket, really, when you think about it. There's only 10 games per format, you know, 30 games in a summer. That's not a lot of cricket, whereas, you know, you go and play county cricket, um, you go and play in Australia, there's a lot more cricket, there's a lot more volume. People are getting better at a faster rate. Um, and it's also, in our population, where there's not a lot of people playing cricket full stop, um, you know how are those guys going to develop at a at a rate that's going to help them when they get to that top level? So, um, yep, Scott and and to, um, and Blair will get good experience from this Test match. But then what happens after that? Like, mm. do they not play again? Like, is it a one Test wonder type deal? Um, is it worth investing in? Were we were we better off investing in someone like um, someone who was a little bit younger who may have got an opportunity now, but then played again in three or four seasons' time? Um, Doug would have been a great option but again Doug's the other side of 30 Doug Bracewell so you know are we always going back to guys who may have had a, a hint of success and then going back to them at the hope of a one-off opportunity that they'll perform well again or are we better in saying okay well there's four or five guys here that are going to make up a, a core of our group for the next five years and we'll give them opportunities along the way to try and get them ready for that um, you know, are they the younger guys? Will Young, for example, with the bat? What's the point of leaving him on the sideline now when there's a prime opportunity for him to get experience now and potentially be um, having a career where he scored, I don't know, eight to nine hundreds by the time he reaches his peak? Like, is that is that something that's viable? And I think it is for a, someone of the quality of Will Young. And then you've got to look at spin bowlers and and, and fast bowlers. Like, uh, everyone says, well, why don't we play Lockie Ferguson? Well, the proof is that Lockie Ferguson, when he plays a Test match. It struggles to get through the five days that mm. Cole Jamison go down. So there's a lot of these sorts of things floating around where, you know, in a different situation, these guys would be fit and would be would be all firing. And Matt Henry obviously may have had his baby with his partner a week ago rather than this week, you know. So there's a lot of things that haven't aligned up for the Black Cats in this instance. But I just think the game's not really going forward. We're just using and recycling guys that have had a, a taste of it and then don't, we don't see or hear from them again. The big problem, um, and I 100% agree with this recycling thing, when I go through the team list of Latham, Conway, Williamson, Wagner, 
uh, Mitchell, uh, Southie, all 30 plus um, or thereabouts. In five or six years, I'm deeply concerned what our Black Caps team is going to look like and how they're going to get results because we haven't had a young phenom for a while. Henry Nichols was that guy for a while. He was the young up-and-coming guy. Uh, Will Young, someone you've mentioned, doesn't get a crack. Um, I'm quite concerned that half this team or more than half this team aren't going to be there in a couple of years. What have we got? Yeah, I'd say five years. is. I think it'll happen sooner than five years. Mm. Um, and um, we're already seeing guys um, being pigeonholed already in terms of white ball, uh, red ball, that type of stuff. And that obviously then dilutes your pool even further in terms of people that you can actually select. So, you know, are we going to be a nation of, of cricketers who can play three formats? Are we going to be people like Neil Wagner and, and days of times past Chris Martin who only played one format? Um, you know, are we going to have guys that can play all three formats? I mean, if, if you're a quality player and you can you can adapt your game, then essentially you should be able to play all three formats. But um, with the franchising uh, and and the nature of putting less toll on your body over 20 overs and playing like a five-week tournament as opposed to playing a whole calendar year of cricket, um, that's all, that's going to be the balance. I think there's just some wider some wider things that need to be discussed with New Zealand cricket in terms of how they're selecting their people, what the talent pathways are in terms of who's being identified. Uh, what the selection process is and, and going on there. I don't think they've been overly transparent with the Trent Bolt thing either. No. I think there's something going on. There's something going on there which hasn't helped. Um, I agree that we should be playing the best players available, but, but then also, you know, their, their side of it is that you know we can't, we're only going to pick players who are contracted, and that's that's the, the party line, I guess, that they're telling out. But um, you know, we haven't heard from Trent. Bolt. I don't know if he wants to speak about it. I don't know if he's had any any communication from New Zealand cricket, or they're just saying that they've spoken to him. Um, it's like when they said last week that they'd been talking about Colin Munro. I can almost guarantee that they haven't been talking about yeah. Colin Munro about playing 2020 cricket. So, um, you know, he said he hadn't heard from them for three years. So, um, you know, I can almost guarantee that there's something going on there that they're not not fully disclosing around this and, and what it is and what the outcome is. But I think what we've done is we've gone into a test match um, with inexperienced players. Um, and I don't think they've been found out because that would be pretty harsh to say of these guys who are on debut. But I think they've obviously come up against guys who are a lot better skilled than they are. Mm. Hey, Ronnie, really appreciate your time today and your insight. Uh, wonderful. No dramas. Anytime. Cheers, mate. Ronnie here to the former Black Cap.